This is the MyHeart.net podcast. This show is produced by Dr. Philip Johnson in conjunction with VitalEngine.com. Please welcome your host, Dr. Alain Bouchard of Cardiology Specialist of Birmingham, Alabama at St. Vincent's Medical Center, part of Ascension. So welcome to MyHeart.net on our series on primary prevention. Today, we'll be discussing decoding aspirin use for heart disease prevention, who should take it and when. And here's our excerpt with Dr. Martha Gulati from Cedars-Sinai. You know, I, I came out of medical school in 79 and the 80s. And in 1989, uh, there was the physician health study that enrolled 22,000 physician, male physician. And they were randomized to aspirin 325 every other day. And uh, it did reduce the myocardial infarction by 44%. There was no reduction in mortality. Uh, and there was some question about, you know, increase in hemorrhagic stroke. And now in the last three years, three studies come up. We have to wait that long. Can you imagine? I mean, 30 years, I mean, it's amazing. But now we have three new studies. We have ARRIVE, we have ASCENT, we have ESPRIT. And they're telling us something totally different. So. Martha, try to illuminate us a little bit on the situation with aspirin in primary prevention. Yeah, this is, this is a, obviously an evolving story right from where we were before and we're used to have this expression, an aspirin a day keeps the doctor away and uh, no more. <laughs> so at least not for primary prevention. So again, just to get to go back one little step, if you have heart disease or you've had a stroke and you've been given aspirin, we're not talking to you, keep taking it because that clearly has a benefit. And so just ignore everything else we say, but for primary prevention, for those people who don't have heart disease, but have risk factors, and when they're discussing about aspirin need for them, and even if they've been on aspirin, they might wanna rediscuss it in light of these three studies. So ASCEND was a study looking at primary prevention of uh, heart disease and stroke. And these were people who were diabetic, none of whom had atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease. And they did, they actually saw that there was a benefit by using aspirin. Um, and those people who got aspirin, their, their rate of major adverse cardiovascular events was reduced uh, by eight and a half percent, or sorry, the rate was eight and a half percent compared to about 10% in those people who got placebo. But the problem was they saw more bleeding in those people who got the aspirin compared to those who did not. And the actual, the risk of bleeding was greater than the benefit that they got from the from taking the aspirin. So then Esprit looked at, these were not just diabetic, these were higher risk, but elderly above the age of 70 years, or they could be above the age of 65 if they were black or Hispanic. And they actually saw no reduction in all-cause mortality, no reduction in major adverse cardiovascular events, but a greater risk of bleeding, again, compared to those people who got placebo. ARRIVE was the third trial, and this was men above the age of 55, women above the age of 60. They had to have be moderate risk by our, that risk calculator that we talked about, um, the, the moderate 10-year risk, and they had 
no reduction in major adverse cardiovascular events, but again, an increased risk in GI bleeds, gastrointestinal bleeds. So as a result of those three trials, it changed everything we recommended. It changed the recommendation from the US Preventative Services Task Force, guide, task force Guidelines and also what the ACC and American Heart Association recommends, which was that we don't anymore routinely suggest aspirin for primary prevention um, in, in patients. And if we do recommend it, it's gonna be in very high risk patients. And so it's really a personalized discussion if you need aspirin personally versus a blanket statement that we used to have where we would say, you know, aspirin for everybody if they're at any risk of heart disease. So, and, and what I tell patients, if they haven't talked in the last few years about, you know, say they think they're on aspirin just from prevention sake is to bring it up again with their healthcare team and talk about, do you still think I need it? Because I heard that there's more risk of bleeding. And it's always going to be that balance. Even for the person that's at high risk, we need to talk about what's your risk of bleeding. Because if you have a greater risk of bleeding, I'm never going to put you on aspirin, even if you're at high risk for heart disease, because we'll be meeting in the emergency room if we're lucky with your GI bleed. But you know some people are not so lucky. They can bleed out very fast, and they might not make it to the emergency room. So it's really important for us to know this. And I would say, if you ask why, you know, like you talked about the physician health study, that was observational. And that's why we, we can't rely on observational studies. These were, doc these were mostly doctors, mostly male doctors. And they're doing other healthy behaviors. So there was something about them taking aspirin that also they were doing other healthy things. And maybe that's why we saw the benefit, but we can't just, that sort of gives us a hypothesis, but it doesn't, it isn't a randomized trial like those other trials that we talked about. And you really wanna know in trials, does it work the same way? And, it is surprising to your point why it took us 30 years to get to that, but it was because I think in our community, there were so many other drugs being developed and, and there was no pharmaceutical interest really in, in doing those trials, right? Because aspirin was generic, it's pennies. Nobody was like, okay, we've got that out of the way. Let's study all these other new drugs and show what they do. And I think to some degree we ignored it, but you know, there it's important that we, always ask the questions about the things we're using. And I, I remember hearing this in medical school at a point where you think something does something, it's time to think if a new study needs to be done. And I think that we, we've had a lot of examples like that. And aspirin is one such example to always question if these things are exactly what we thought they were, what, what science were they based on? And do we, have we done the right studies. And I, I think a lot of people are actually asking the right questions now. So I think that's the aspirin story right now. And we've gone, yeah, absolutely, if patients feel confused, they probably feel like it's like coffee. One day coffee's bad for you. Today coffee's good for you. One day aspirin's good for you. Today aspirin's not safe for you. Talk with your doctor. Talk about it individually. Don't ever stop anything without doing this with your doctor because there may be something you don't know. Maybe you have plaque in your arteries. Maybe you've had a coronary artery
calcium score, for example. And if you have a coronary artery calcium score, but you haven't had a cardiac event, and but if it's above 100, I pretty much do use aspirin because there the data is strong that there's a greater benefit. So always communicate with your doctor if you're, you're thinking, well, they just said this, does that apply to me? Go find out if it applies to you. Well, they were not perfect studies. You know, they, they were wanting to enroll higher risk patients. They ended up enrolling a lot of lower risk individual. And there was also a problem with adherence. You know, that was barely 50%. But the point is, you know, I think if you have low risk, aspirin is, will just increase the risk of bleeding and will not benefit from the cardiovascular standpoint. Now, if you have diabetes and you, or you're at a higher risk, uh, as you mentioned, with elevated calcium score, uh, I think that's a very, very good option, you know, to be on aspirin. And if there's been some bleed in the past, you know, PPIs work very well. And actually, they do, uh, you still see the benefit of cardiovascular event, and, but you have a lower risk of, of uh, bleeding in those circumstances. So this concludes our excerpt on the, the use of aspirin for primary prevention of heart disease. Next time, we'll be talking about hypertension and how do we control hypertension for prevention of heart disease. To learn more from our team of cardiologists, please visit us at myheart.net. You can also follow us on social media by searching myheart.net on Facebook and Twitter. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss our next episode.